This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, a.m. on Tuesday, the 6th of December. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Mokhtar, uh, Chong Jensen and Philip C. As always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets closed lower on concerns on that the Fed will continue to hike rates due to hot, hotter November ISM data. So the Dow was down 1.4%, S&P 500 down 1.8%, the Nasdaq was down 1.9%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was up 0.2%, Hang Seng was up by 4.5%, the Shanghai Composite was up by 1.8%, the Straits Times Index was up by 0.3%, and the FVM KLCR was down by 0.7%. So joining us on the line now for thoughts on what's moving markets, we have Lee Kian Sun, CEO at Astral Asset Management. Kian Sun, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, we did see that the FBM KLCI closed down 0.7% overnight. Um, what does this say about how overseas investors view Malaysian equities and Malaysian markets in general? Do you think um, this doesn't really indicate that we're going to set to see a rise in foreign inflows or is it still early days yet, uh, especially uh, given the outcome of Malaysia? Just GE15. After the new prime minister was confirmed, the Malaysian stocks at their largest jump of around 4% in the last two years and the ringgit surge around 2%. As in the last few weeks of December, the international investors have all taken off for the holidays. I think the unity government led by Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim will need to show some results in the coming months. Example, getting the budget approved in the coming months and setting policies to help Malaysians with the surging cost of living. It will be 2023 before we see any significant interest coming back to Malaysia. And with the ringgit now at 4.37 from the highs of 4.75, where do you see the ringgit trending versus the US dollar? I think it will depend on a couple of uh, uh, policies that the central banks are going to meet, uh, especially in the United States when uh, the central banks have been very aggressive trying to raise interest rates in the last uh, 12 months and now they are in the stage of reducing the pace. So I could see that the emerging markets, uh, currencies and all this will not continue to depreciate as much as we have witnessed uh, in the past few months. And Ken Soon, um, on Singapore REITs, they have seen an 11% decline against the STI index, uh, nearly 10% gain. Um, what segments within the REIT space or the real estate space uh, would you still be uh, more bullish on? I think, first of all, the decline of REIT is mainly due to the fact that the interest rates have been rising, which means the valuation of REITs has to be more compelling. In 2021, with interest rates of 0 to 1%, investors are very happy that ASRICs could offer a yield between 4 to 5%. But currently, with interest rates at 4% per annum for a Singapore dollar fixed deposit, the yield of ASRICs has to be much higher to be attractive to investors. The risk rewards has to make sense for the market. Uh, secondary, I think the ASRICs also face rising financial costs if they have loans that are not uh, fixed rates. But fundamentally, most asterisks are performing well with rising occupancy and higher rental revisions with the economic recovery, which will translate to better uh, DPUs. If you look for potential upsides, the hospitality risks will still have some runway, given that China reopening will be expected in the coming year. 
So let's uh, turn our attention to China then. I mean, we can see that globally, the MSCI China index has been one of the worst performing indices, down 27% year to date. Do you think Chinese equities have been oversold? And from a valuation perspective, is this the time to pick stocks up in anticipation of lessening COVID restrictions? The Hang Seng Index rose by more than 25%, while the Hang Seng China Enterprise Index rose close to 30% in November 2022 alone, staging one of the biggest rallies in Asia. Since October, I've been sharing the fact that a China reopening is not a matter of when or what, but it's really about how. As events play out, it's becoming obvious the year-end Christmas rally is going to be coming from China. If you look at the outlook of the world, and you got to clearly take your pick for 2023, uh, whether you want to put your money into countries or regions of slow economies, high inflationary and interest rates, or allocate to China with low inflationary concerns, favorable monetary policies, but hindered by COVID-19 policies, any kind of reopening will provide an upside. I think the risk-reward is very clear here. Yeah, but as you said, right, uh, November has been a great uh, month so far for many of the indices. Do you expect this rally to extend? And what, what kind of assumptions have been baked into the rally? Are they assuming a reopening second quarter or second half of next year? I guess for a country as big as China, with the whole country being shut down, it's like uh, engineering valves all turning to shut. A big bang is not unlikely to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like opening all the valves and you know switches all at one go which is likely to cause an explosion so a reopening uh, is going to happen regardless and it's going to take some time because of the sheer size of china as as we've seen in other regions and countries reopening is also not without its problems for example hospitals will be jammed up you know cases will rise rapidly so on and so forth but look at what happens to the rest of the world after six to nine months everything resumes back to normal so it's going to take the whole of 2023 for China to cope with this problem. But once the reopening starts, it's not going to move backwards because it's impossible once you let people you know, move on without the COVID-0 policies. And when the reopening starts, the revenge consumptions will resume, travel will resume, and you will see a strong economic growth in 2023. Is it too early to get into the tourism uh, stocks basically outside China, those that are likely to benefit from the reopening then? I think without a doubt, you know, the reopening will trigger the travel within China first. If you look at the travel currently in China, there is hardly any intra-city travel and tourism that is going to happen. So instead of you know worrying about the first thing that's going to happen is tons of millions of Chinese coming out, I think the more interesting thing is the intra-city travel mm-hmm. within China. And Ken Sun, if you look at the more developed North Asian markets like Japan and South Korea versus the developing ASEAN countries, which region do you prefer in terms of investing for longer term value? As we are a Pan-Asia value fund, we are actually regional agnostic. We focus on seeking out for companies that are fundamentally strong, but with attractive valuations. In 2022, the valuations for most North Asian markets, uh, especially China, Korea, has become very compelling. I expect the investors to start shifting their allocations on Southeast Asia to the north in the coming months. 
Kian-sun, thanks very much for speaking to us this morning. That was Lee Kian-sun, CEO of Astral Asset Management, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead, looking at China and really saying it's not a question of when it'll reopen, it's a matter of how, and he doesn't expect any big bang reopenings. That's right. <clears throat> I think in China, one thing to consider is that although it's an it's federal, reopenings take place at the province level. And so, you know, every province has very different strategies to how they reopen, and you see that very very evidently now, right? The neighbouring provinces can do a lockdown while others are remaining reopened. So there isn't really a there is a clear national strategy that comes through, but very much execution is happening at the province level. And the question is, when will they, I think, perhaps make that paradigm shift? The expectations is that the new cabinet and February will probably see that signal of shift. Mm. And as it is now, we're seeing sort of an about turn in terms of yeah. zero COVID. They're quietly, I guess, yeah. not really saying that elimination of the disease is the end goal, because as you can, I think the protests in recent uh, days has really thrown into light how how unhappy the population is mm. at these ever never-ending lockdowns. Yeah, I think we've seen also brokers actually upgrade Hong Kong the market. I think Morgan Stanley came out yesterday to actually raise its rating to overweight for Hong Kong market. And as uh, Ken Soon mentioned, there will be a di- divergence in terms of monetary policy if you invest in the US versus China, which is low inflation. And I think at some point when the US dollar is peaking, uh, I think investors have to really think about moving some of their assets out of USD assets to perhaps uh, some of the Asia markets, and I think China would be uh, really an appropriate market to be um, weighted in. Do you think 2023 is the year of emerging markets? Because it feels very much that's the case, right? That with the King Dollar weakening, with King Dollar basically gone, and and we see a global recession likely to be led in in Europe and US, do we see that emerging markets will do much better than expected for 2023? I think it will, but um, I think our colleagues also pointed out that because... um, U.S. normally leads the whole world in the region that perhaps if U.S. corrects, um, the whole world will correct as well. So that might be the appropriate time to be actually buying these emerging markets, buying Mm -hmm. Asian currencies, buying the China market as well. Gensu made a very interesting point also about budget 2023, about, you know, what are the next steps that the government will make, I think, for the next three, four months before the foreign investors decide to come back into the markets. Um, I guess budget 2023 is a very key indicator. And I think yesterday, Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim said that there wouldn't be much changes to budget 2023. Well, we're going to be discussing more on that after a quick break. It is 7.16am. We'll be covering the top stories in the newspapers and portals when we come back. Stay tuned. BFM 89. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.